You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Unite Therapy. I'm really excited about the conversation that we are going to have no matter where it goes. I want to introduce, can I call you Dr. Shoma or do you like to go by your last name? I usually go by Dr. Dada. That's just what I've been for 20 years now. So that's where I feel most comfortable. Beautiful. Well, (laughs) welcome. And can you tell the audience a little bit about what you do, what you specialize in, where you got to where you are? Just give us a brief summary of who you are. Absolutely. So I'm a board certified OBGYN. Really, the GYN side of that has been most of the focus of my practice for the past 15 years. I've been in Manhattan area uh, very happily. And more recently, I am in the position of head of wellness medicine for modern age, which is how you and I uh, connected. My background really makes a lot of sense, I think, for modern age when you look at it from full spectrum. A lot of my focus has been in hormone health because as I've gone on in practice, a lot of my patients, um, especially, you know, seeing a lot of patients with endometriosis, fibroids, you know, fertility challenges as they went through their processes, their aging journey, these issues of hormonal transitions just throughout natural, you know, natural stages of life were coming up. And I realized this is was really a, a pain point for um, a number of women more than I realized. And it just kept coming up over and over. So I kind of on my own, you know, path to self-education, realized this was an area where there was um, essentially a care gap. And with my interest in that, I had opened a small office and actually I offered a number of services, but who kept showing up was women kind of trying to figure out their hormone balance. And that was anywhere from, you know, women in their 30s, 40s, 50s. So Modern Age had reached out to me earlier this year because of my my background more in hormone health um, and, of course, just, you know, passion for women's health in general. And we really shared the same model that let's get talking and let's get educated about issues early on. You know, these changes are things that happen really gradually. So how can we educate, empower and support really what's a natural um, aging process? But we've been stuck so long in this anti-aging mentality. It's not seen as something positive and, you know, really a beautiful thing. And we just really want to help it go as, as well as possible. But right now we're not seeing physicians and patients alike have that kind of conversation or have the time for that early on. So we really want to start it as early as we can and partner with you through really a great natural aging process. I'm glad you said all that because I'm sitting here thinking, honestly, my head is blank being like, well, I don't even know what any of that means. Like, I don't even know how my hormones are supposed to change. It almost feels like a conversation I'd be scared to have. I don't know if it's the fact that there's not a space there, but like, 
I tie menopause to like hormones changing in my right mm-hmm. like that is right yeah so in my head I'm like I don't want to think about that happening because that means this is might sound bad but that means I'm old and that means this and that means that and I'm trying to like I mean in the world you said this anti-aging it's all about making yourself look young making your life longer so I haven't ever wanted to talk about it and it has felt like it doesn't apply to me mm-hmm. that's a conversation we have a lot all the time and there's a lot of this realization from our side that you know what aging is not just menopause aging is not just end of life right it's actually happening every day in a, in a very gradual way so if you're looking at it more how are we keeping things optimized where can we control the controllables anti-aging really makes no sense to me because we're going to age, right? And and are we going to focus on doing that in an empowered and healthy way? Or do we want to just fight it, right? And, and I, I think that's really like the focus point for us is informing early. Changes, guess what? When you're, you know, perceptions uh, like 20s, 30s, like that's something so far down the road for me. That's yeah. something not applicable at all. But actually in your, even your 30s, your bone health is changing, your hormone health is changing. For instance, uh, for, for women and men, testosterone is already starting to kind of go on this very gradual decline. It may not be felt as dramatically, but all these things are happening in small ways. So wouldn't it be great if we could have a conversation, hey, these things are already starting. It may not be something you're feeling, but there are a lot of you know ways in your lifestyle you can support optimizing that. Down the road, we see maybe it become more symptomatic and you know, mid 40s, late 40s, early 50s. But a lot of that is is because it's very shocking. And it's sometimes yeah. a complete surprise. And, you know, it's something that like, oh, my God, I hear it all the time. Nobody told me about this. Why didn't they tell me this was coming all along? You know, you talk about the changes of puberty, and then pregnancy and fertility, and then it just kind of drops off, right? So we've had this kind of step back and say, hey, you know, we are having conversations, but we're having them way too late. So for yeah. you know women in their 30s also why not start thinking about hormone health yes that will probably strike more as fertility and menstrual health but all of those really are kind of long-term processes that are you know decades to come um and and we can really make it a healthy thing and then that negativity that feeling like oh you know i've heard i've so many times they feel like oh at this loss of control i don't know what's going on with my body i'm feeling like you know old and attractive, losing that vitality. Well, you know, part of it is just accepting aging as a, as a, as a positive thing. Like for me, I'm aging, it means I'm seeing my kids grow up. I'm seeing, you know, kind of to continue my relationships. My, my husband and I get to like raise our family. Why would I associate us getting old together as a negative thing, right? But yeah, there are gonna be some changes, but what we see is while we have extended lifespan in modern medicine, we haven't necessarily extended quality of life. So I think that's a real kind of an area where we can have a lot of room for improvement, but a lot of them do come from understanding our daily ways that we can impact that daily ways, you know, and that's hormone health, inflammation, lifestyle changes, and it really goes uh, such, such a long way. Okay, so I kind of liked, I think I picked this up where you said, use two words, and I like how you said we're like trying to optimize hormone health rather than, in the back of my head, it's always been like an afterthought, so we would have to manage it. Mm -hmm. So instead of managing it, how do we optimize your health? So I'm in my 30s. I have listeners from 18 to, I don't know, as old as it gets. (laughs) I think there's a, a, a big chunk of us that are in our 30s to 40s, and so can we talk about like ways that we might optimize? I don't even know what that means to optimize my hormone health. I know things are changing Mm -hmm. and I think for, well, I'll speak for myself as somebody who's in her thirties and hasn't had, had kids. I think maybe one of the reasons I might not want to talk about it is because what you just said is like fertility pops up in my head Mm -hmm. and I start getting scared and I might not want to know. So let's say I am somebody that wants to have kids in the future. Are there things that, I might do to optimize that or like you said, lifestyle changes or ways that I just like live my daily life that might impact that? Yeah, absolutely. I I think first and foremost, hormone health, just like 
a lot of health issues. There's so many individual factors. So, you know, I, I have a lot of patients, they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh my gosh, two of my friends are, you know, going through this or using this medication or using that. And it's really such an individual thing. So I do yeah. urge patients of any age and you know if you're thinking of something like this to really have a very focused conversation with someone who has the time I think there's a lot of limited time with doctors and it can it can make these conversations very short but it is sometimes really complex and really multi-layered I think fortunately also there are a lot of great resources podcasts like your own and they kind of give you an opportunity to do some self-education and bring in some questions that are maybe more than, you know, the basics. So self-education plus finding the right provider. And if you're not having the right conversations with your doc, find somewhere you will. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's okay to find the right fit and also to have the extensive conversations you need. Um, and I've just heard so many stories about just issues getting ignored and like, yeah, I didn't think that sounded right. And Go with that gut feeling, because if you're not having the right conversations, please do, because education here is so important. I think issues like, you know, fertility, hormone management, we automatically think like, oh, menopause and like taking hormones or, you know, taking something really invasive. But a lot of the kind of surprise and delight I get out of patients when I talk about it is like, oh, wow, I didn't know these are all connected. So, you know, we'll talk about a lot of different layers and then how to think of you know, aging through the different decades of life. And that can range from your, obviously diet is a biggie, like, right, how your body is interacting with the environment, and especially what we are learning about, you know, diet, inflammation, gut health. And that's very, very much involved with hormone health. All right. So which may be very surprising, like, oh, are you taking a probiotic? And, and and people are really baffled. Like, why are you asking about my digestive tract or why are you asking about my diet? But all of that really influences your hormone balance as well, because don't forget cortisol, insulin, things that have to do with your blood sugar and your sugar metabolism, burning fat, storing fat, all those things are those are also hormones. And so there's a lot of connections a really well orchestrated, complex, you know, web of of hormones that all play together. So, you know, things like diet, stress management, right? That's uh, yeah. I'm sure something that you're really familiar with are stress hormones and how they affect the downstream uh, hormone balance, inflammation. And sometimes it's just, you know, that's why we talk about mindfulness. And that's, again, this really strong connection with health and emotional health, mental health, and the physical being. Not only do we know, you know, that attitudes and perceptions on our health and how we're aging and how we're going through different processes, they we really do see that affect health outcomes. And if you think about it, you know, the brain and perceived stresses or, you know, kind of stresses, they're, they're not direct physical traumas, but they can be just these, you know, emotional health challenges, mental challenges, perceived stresses. How we bring that in has so much to do with how the brain signals to release certain hormones. So they are actually really directly connected when you think about it. So we're all about fostering those relationships. The concept of what we see is subjective age. It's different from your chronologic age, right? That's just like number of years in existence. But subjective age is actually how you are um, going through it with visible signs of aging, how you're feeling, how you're feeling about the aging process, your lifestyle choices. And we're seeing how that is correlating with longevity and healthy aging. So the attitudes and perceptions of that process are so important. And we really feel like that comes from a lot of empowerment, education, and, and you know, early recognition of these vital processes in healthy aging. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. 
it feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So can we break down, because as I'm sitting here... I'm assuming other people are wondering this too, but can you break down exactly what a hormone is when we're talking about hormones? Because, well, my assumption is a lot of people are just thinking about testosterone, Mm -hmm. estrogen, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And those are the sex hormones, which are probably what we talk about most commonly. But, you know, you can think about them as we call them the chemical messengers. So there are several different types of glands in our hormonal system. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we think of ovaries and things like that. But then also don't forget about the um, adrenal glands, you know, or cortisol, the pituitary. It's really a whole system where hormones are secreted and they are basically carrying a message for and you know and and another organ to facilitate a certain function and Mm -hmm. again like I said people forget you know insulin cortisol all of those are hormones as well they're just bringing along a chemical messenger to help another organ act in you know its its role in the body and so a lot of times it's a little bit like oh I always think about my estrogen and testosterone but I don't think about all of the other hormones that go with it, thyroid, there's really a whole very fine balance. And really, everyday kind of things can affect that. So I mentioned diet, but also, you know, your your stress management, you know, I know, stress isn't something that you can negate or take off the plate, or, you know, a lot of my patients are like, listen, this is just my my lifestyle, my work style. But how is that affecting your body? How are you processing that? That will affect your stress hormones, right? Your your sleep. Yeah. You know, we're in a very circadian rhythm and we're in a very particular cycle of hormones and they really know when in a day or especially for women a month, they're at high levels and low levels. And so that takes a lot of, you know, kind of taking in inputs from your surrounding your environment, whether it's light or stress or, you know, food or whatever it is, it's taking in a lot of inputs and kind of creating those cycles of the ups and downs. Can I ask a question about sleep? Yeah. So I'll ask this two ways. So something I've noticed about sleep as a therapist and just a human that knows people of different ages is oftentimes sleep is like having 
a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep or feeling like you're getting good rest. I see that often with people who are struggling with anxiety or depression, whether it's like maybe somebody who's depressed is maybe sleeping or feeling like they're sleeping all the time, but they're not getting good rest. And then also I see that as we're getting older, the restful sleep and the ability to sleep is diminishing. So are there things that we can do to help with our hormonal health that will impact those things? Absolutely. And it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy because, you know, you're a busy person. You know how it is. One of the first things we cut is sleep. You know, like I have 20 hours of work today. We'll just sleep tomorrow. And it's unfortunate, but it is part of the hustle culture. And I think we kind of have to reevaluate what are we seeing this take away from us? Um, It's definitely something we talk a lot about with perimenopause and menopause because there is that difficulty Um, a lot more um, trouble staying asleep, sustained sleep. So yes, there is some age-related patterns there. But I think, again, where can we control the controllables? I think, you know, about eight hours is what we see as ideal. I think of it as, you know, sleep is when your cleaning crew comes in and kind of like, you know, breaks down the party and and gets things ready for the next day. DNA repair is happening. You know, hormone balance is definitely a lot of that actually is happening uh, with sufficient sleep. So we're aiming for about eight hours. If you think about, let's just take something like cortisol, it actually, you know, peaks in the morning and will will drop off. But some people even use like, that's when like light boxes, things like that. But if you can get out, optimize your yeah. light, optimize that peak time of your cortisol, then you usually kind of end up winding down about 14 to 16 hours later. I think the, just the amount of sleep, if you can focus on that. And then number two, what are we all doing as we're getting ready to go to bed? We're on our phone. We have a screen going. We have a TV going. You really want what we call sleep hygiene. And again, Sleep is really complex, multi-layered, but just some easy things to try that you can like do at home and on your own and test out is the environment you're sleeping in. I mean, especially we see like people who work in, you know, like day night shifts, it, it really impacts how much sleep they can get and what they're used to and then how that impacts their hormone balance and, and their overall health. So it's, it's a very real thing. And we really are, uh, have this natural rhythm and disrupting that can can take its toll. So amount of sleep, sleep hygiene, even if it's something like, you know, how can you kind of get your mind to, to wind down, right? This is a lot of like that. This is the timing, you know, the, the racing starts on you're perseverating and all these things. If you're, you know, winding down kind of your whole environment, maybe pick a time when you have to put down, you know, like the work emails, the screens, maybe get into a more dim, uh, you know, dim your lights. And then this is a great time for something like guided meditation or something that's going to put you more into that parasympathetic mode with the, you know, deep breathing, slow breathing, and try and really optimize everything you can to just get that slowing down. And if that's happening day after day after day, hopefully your body's, you know, kind of picking up on that rhythm. It's not the easiest thing to do getting, you know, that sleep no, and having yeah. this perfect wind down, but we're doing very much the opposite right now. So what are even small ways that we can improve that? And I also started thinking about like, okay, so with exercise and movement as, and I've started implementing this for myself. I'm used to being somebody who did like really intense, hard workouts and I love them, but I also know that like, as I'm getting older, maybe my body doesn't want to do those anymore. And so are there ways to move and, and recommendations that you might have for people to, again, optimize their hormone health? I've seen a lot of people posting like about doing different exercises through the different stages of their cycle and stuff like that. I don't really, I don't know if that's what I'm asking or just things that are going to be like more kind and helpful to our body versus types of exercise that might work against us as we're trying to optimize our health as we age. Mm-hmm. A big thing I would say we see, cause you know, people are really savvy these days, you know, they're very informed on fitness and, and they have um, favorite workouts and in, and they're putting in the time, but sometimes what we see at modern age, it's, it's, we almost have to say, you know, don't forget you need the restorative too, because it's, it's not a coincidence that you're just doing these super, super high intensity workouts. PCOS is a great example, right? So we're already dealing with, you know, some 
increased testosterone, insulin resistance, cortisol. And when you're just doing hit, 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 instead of kind of balancing the cortisol and letting it go up and down, it's now working against us, getting kind of overstimulated. And then you're, you're hanging on to calories, hanging on to it. You're, you're kind of getting out of that parasympathetic phase and you're, you're kind of overdoing it. So you're in a, a, a causing additional stress on the body. The balance is really important. And it's just not, it's not just a matter of, you know, young or old, but the balance is really important. Even when you're younger, you want to think ahead, you know, again, you're, you're you got your skeleton, you have your joints, you know, your your how do you kind of optimize the function? If you're someone who's really athletic, yeah, you do have to change over time. And I won't give like, you know, fitness regimen changes here, but a, a lot of what I uh, discuss is, you know, for the patients I see, don't forget that exercise can be too much as well. And even for younger women, sometimes we can see that too much is actually where we're further dropping testosterone, we're further hanging on to calories from overdoing it. So you want to make sure you're really doing more of the restorative kind of, you know, low and slow sometimes too. strength condition, you know, strength training and resistance training is huge. Muscle is so much more efficient uh, at, at burning calories and, again, optimizes the hormone balance we need. So that really should be a big part of the formula as well. And that also, as you age, helps prevent joint injury, helps support bone density, helps as if you're going into those years where you're, you know, your testosterone is gradually decreasing, you're, you are losing some muscle mass over time. So if it's already kind of in your routine to accommodate for strength and resistance training, then you're already at an advantage. So I always kind of remind women of that. My, my husband's a chiropractor. So I always think about movement and I've, I've done a lot of pelvic pain and that the, you know, pelvic floor is like a big source of muscle tension. And it's really so linked in with the glutes, the back, you really are thinking, you want to be thinking long-term, you know? And so you know, mobility exercises, restorative exercises, you have to get those in. And that's really a more reasonable long-term play. Just like a, you know, like a, a deprivation diet is not a long, it does not set you up for long-term success. It's right. the same thing with, with exercise. I love like the, our focus, but you want to make sure you're not overdoing it as well. And then you want to set yourself up for the long-term being able to enjoy you know, uh, uh, sports and fitness and, you know, athletic activities. Um, and you're setting yourself for, you know, muscles for, for strength, for bone density, all these things that are going to change and are probably also already changing to, you know, microscopic degrees in your 30s. So why not, you know, just already get that started? You know, there's, I just had 17 things pop in my head as you're saying that. And one of them is, so when you talk about pelvic pain, that can be a direct result at times, I know you can't like die. I'm not talking about anybody specific, but pelvic pain can be a direct result of like overworking certain muscles with workouts. The pelvic floor, I think it's a tricky, uh, I don't want to call it a concept. It's a part of our anatomy, but yeah. it's just tricky. It's, it's, it's such a big, strong muscle group. And, and we see definitely changes, just natural ages, uh, natural aging changes with the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. We think more about the the loss and the laxity and, you know, some of the incontinence, things like that, or bladder leakage, um, that can start very young. And that's more related to laxity. And that's what we hear about. On the other side, there's also uh, this whole condition of pelvic floor, you know, kind of tension, muscle tension. And I have seen it in a number of my athletes where it's hard to kind of think about it and in a focused way, stretch and remember to incorporate it unless it's really like a, a, a conscious effort. Um, and a concerted effort. But I, I always say, you know, I, sometimes it's actually in the other things we do. Like, even if you think of something like happy baby or, you know, pigeon pose, you're actually getting the great pelvic floor stretches. But if you're someone who is, um, and it's often just not recognized, you know, the, the pelvic floor tension, we're always thinking yeah. about like laxity, pelvic floor strength, let's do a hundred Kegels. But what we don't realize it can also go the other way. And it's like I said, very connected with your hips, glutes, lower back. I'll have patients even come in saying like, I just have no idea why I have so much pain with penetrative sex or, you know, I'm always having to go to the bathroom, you know, all these things that are just 
very vague kind of symptoms, but it's, it's something to consider. And then as you're kind of going through natural aging, you may see that you're, you lose some of the strength, right? So that's, if you're already someone who's working out and yeah. kind of doing more of these restorative things like yoga, Pilates, they do a good job of really good job of, you know, head to toe strengthening, but I, I actually see focused moves there that will help the pelvic floor. Okay, so this is going to be a concept I think that is going, it, it was for me hard for to understand where, and I'm glad you're saying a lot of this because I think I'm a therapist, so I don't have as much ground to stand on. They're like, well, I might say this and they're like, oh yeah, but still the idea that if we are overworking a certain muscle group or type of exercise, that is going to work against us because a lot of what I see and, and, and as somebody who has been immersed in that place and in that community is like the harder, the longer, the bigger, the louder, the workout, the more you sweat, the like, I mean, there's so much I see in the fitness world of like bragging rights when it Mm -hmm. comes to the toughness of that. And what I'm hearing from you and what I hope that I'm saying back so people can really take note of it is a lot of times that stuff that people are might be getting notoriety and bragging about in in the fitness culture it might really be working against you in so many ways like so many ways especially with like you saying that doing things that are more restorative like yoga I I just keep hearing (laughs) yoga in my head even if you're not saying yoga like that's going to be better for your health to an extent than going to five hit boot camp classes a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, you know, again, it's super individual. It depends on your goals. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's very varied. But I think my message is it isn't always more, more, more is better on different levels. You know, it's like if you you don't yeah. want your fitness and diet even and everything to be one note. Right. And I think, you know, you're you're I saw you're you're like a fitness professional too. So the concept of engaging in different types of activity and you know using yeah. different muscle groups and it doesn't mean you're not intensely physically active it just means you don't have to be like yeah. ten, ten an adrenaline rush like all day every day but they, you know it really all works together and it does benefit you in the sense of musculoskeletal strain in terms of your hormone balance to really change yeah. it up and and I think in the end it might be more enjoyable too you know so and what a great way to yeah. like build positive experience to build longevity with your fitness to build you know community I think you're someone that taps into fitness community a lot and we see that that really helps again ages perceptions experience lived lived reality of of going through these phases so instead of just going like crazy and and really hitting way too hard and not getting out of it what you think that you should be achieving you may need to take a step back and say okay well how do i get this to be more well-rounded and and i I think you'd be surprised a lot of times so what we see also for for aging is like hey how how long do you want to keep this going what are your goals right and and just like every other system that we want this to be a long part of your life and how can we do that how are you taking care of yourself and how can we support you in doing that in a way that you're thinking long term and it, it may not be the, the traditional what you think uh you have to do yeah and i think part of that it's bringing me back to like the beginning of this conversation where it's like i don't want to think about the long term i want to mm-hmm. think of the here and now and the here and now like I'll use the example. So I used to teach, I don't anymore. I used to teach cycling, indoor cycling. And something that I really struggled with was a lot of, and I also come from, I work in eating disorders and I have a history of my own exercise addiction where I totally overdid it. So in this community, I would see a lot of people that were taking two, three classes a day, every day. And from an exercise, just strictly like mental health, like exercise perspective, I'm like, that is not good. We shouldn't have to be doing that much exercise to maintain our health. That's hard for, I think, a lot of the world to see because exercise is touted as such a good thing. So how could we have too much of that? But I went to a massage therapist pretty recently and I I thought I was going to get a relaxing massage and it was not that. It was really great. It was probably one of the best massages I ever had, but she started asking me questions and she had known me when we had both worked at like a kickboxing studio. Mm. And she said, what are you doing these days? And I used to be a big runner and all that. And I said, well, 
I'm teaching cycling and I am still running and I'm still going to kickboxing and I'm doing all of running, kickboxing, cycling. I'm doing all of them. So I'm not doing the same thing. So in my head, I'm like, I'm killing it. I'm doing so good. I have variety. And she like, as she's just like touching my body, like gently, barely even started doing anything. She was like, you know, those things are all really good. And walking (laughs) is really good too. And I, when she said that, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then we started talking and she kind of described what she was just kind of seeing and like my posture and the, my muscle um, tension and all that. And she said, you want to be able to take a kickboxing class when you're like 50, you can't keep going at this level. And I think that that's a really hard thing, even as somebody who's in recovery and, and works in, in this area, it's still hard to understand that like maybe more of this isn't better but what happened I guess this is a really long way for me to ask what is it when I'm doing really high intensity workouts over and over am I creating more cortisol in my body yeah you're creating yeah you're kind of promoting more of the stress hormones right and then your body's like oh my gosh we're in attack mode you know and 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 hanging on to all your calories you know there's some downstream uh probably shift in the ideal hormone balance, inflammation, all of that. Inflammation from over, over work. Okay. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. So when we are using, because it is something that helps with mental health, like movement helps with depression. We know that like it is a very, it helps with anxiety. We know that. And I might suggest to a client like, Hey, like I don't need you to go start running marathons, but how do we get some movement in like 10, 15, 20 minutes a day? Let's start with that. But then I have, and, and then I have clients that have a hard time doing that. But then I have these other clients who are like, okay, let's use movement as one of your like mm-hmm. skills to help ben- better your mental health and your anxiety and all that. And they can't comprehend why I don't want them to go to a high intensity class because in their head, it's like, I have frustration. Mm-hmm. I have anger. I'm going to go get it out. And in my head, it's like, well, you're more just building more inside of your body. I think, yeah. And I, it, it's, it's funny how fitness is very emotional, right? Like people really latch on to certain workouts and certain routines. And, you know, there, there is a lot of, um, I enjoy this. I don't enjoy that. And sometimes it just takes a matter of like, what do I enjoy 
about it, what, just just trying being exposed, or if even if you know, like, hey, we really don't think like this isn't actually so great. Like you're taking, you know, three spin classes a day, and yeah, that's super intense and all of it, but it actually, you know, maybe. <laughs> we see these type of muscle injuries are long term, you know, this is how it's really a strain on your joints. And this is what it's doing to your hormones. And I think it's taking a step back. And that's actually a really smart form of self care is just to say, okay, this is something I enjoy, how do I, yeah. you know, kind of get it in all its colors and all its varieties and, and really just try things out. And, you know, like I, I, I'm in New York. So like, you're super like, no, I know what I want. We're very intense about everything. Like, you know, it's, it's 10 out of 10 all the time. But in, in the end, is that really getting accomplished what you need? And, and, and why is it? And I think similarly, I, I kind of want to go back if you don't mind. Also, like, I don't want to know. I don't want to try other things. I don't want to know certain information. But it's the things that are inevitable. You know, you, you do these things, you're going to run yourself yeah. into the ground. And these are the injuries that we see all the time from this over exertion and this kind of like overdoing it or on the other hand just what is it that gets you really nervous about thinking about aging and you know things like fertility or you know changes in your hormones we we know these things yeah. are happening we know down the road what's going to come do you want to be blindsided you know like do you want to kind of just I'll deal with it when I deal with it or if we say like hey this is when maybe you'll notice a change in your testosterone, skin, hair, you know, like kind of talk through what to expect and maybe things, it's not going to reverse it. We're not going to find a cure to not age ever, but, you know, how can we support it done in a, in a educated way, informed way, making choices that, you know, the long-term play is going to be optimized. I hear that fertility conversation all the time. I don't want to know. I'll figure it out when it comes. So when do we need to have that conversation? When would you suggest having a conversation about how to maintain your health so that if you do want to have kids, does that need to start early? It's impossible to say that, right? Nobody can just say like, hey, biology, I, okay. I need to do this. There's the biology of it. Uh, and we know that at, at, at the heart of it, we know that the ovary ages much more quickly than other organs, right? So there's a lot of fact, different factors for fertility, but that we know. We know age is a factor. And I think the thing is like just figuring out maybe your your general thoughts on it. You know, a lot of times it's maybe hard to approach that conversation with a partner, but I think just figure out, like, I, I, I do think it, it does deserve the time to say, is this a priority for me now? When does this happen? I have a lot of conversations and being a GYN, this is not something we don't really do like fertility care directly per se at modern age, but just, you know, knowing women's health, really have those conversations early. And whether that means like, hey, okay, I'm just going to wait and I'm okay either way. But a lot of, you know, women will come to me and say like, I know I want to be pregnant. I just don't want to think about it now. But then, you know, there is a window and, and it's hard to think about. It's complex and it's like adulting and, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it brings up a lot of reality. And sometimes like I've heard a lot like, well, then I have to think about what are my career goals and am I happy with where I am and where am I going? It's, it's very emotional and again it's complicated yeah but it's a lot to it at the at the end of the day the hard fact is you know we we can't get pregnant our entire lives we have somewhat of a window right and if it's something I think the first question is like is it something definitely in your plan or not or is it a question mark if it's something you want to maintain as an option like really talk about it and think about it and have that discussion earlier rather than later with your provider and I, I think just that is a lot. I think just acknowledging it because I'll bring it up and, and it's like, oh, I don't know. Do you think I have to start thinking about that? Well, I would say yes, you know, <laughs> early, earlier is better. And I think in general, yeah. that's, that's what we see. So certainly for modern age, we have a lot of like really symptomatic issues that we can, you know, kind of address. So a big one is like fatigue or, you know, uh, why am I holding on to this, you know, weight the midsection or losing libido, you know, all, all of these kind of symptoms and changes. And that's what usually brings people to us. And we can talk through kind of get options, get some choices and treatment plan. But then also we want to like sneak in. <laughs> Let's also think about the next, you know, next 10, 20, 30 years. What can we think about with 
like say PCOS or something like that, you know, we're, we're thinking about the yeah. concept of insulin resistance. So we want to make sure you're getting those checked regularly. You're kind of thinking about how to incorporate more high protein, low carbs in a reasonable way. We want to think about the, the you know, kind of long-term and be checking that similarly with, you know, like even perimenopause, which is, you know, in your, in your, in your forties, you know, you're, you're thinking like, okay, we're, we're just, I'm just trying to get through this, but this is a time when it's good to start thinking about once you're in menopause, you know, down the road, heart health, brain health, bone health. We want to kind of start putting things into play and start changing our attitudes that these are all things that, that shift. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also sitting here thinking, I feel like a little silly because I'm like, wait a second, why have therapists not been working side by side with people like you forever? Because it seems like a lot of changes, whether that's stress that turns to anxiety, that turns to depression or whatever. So much of this has to do with the fact that your hormones are changing throughout your lifespan. So where somebody might all of a sudden develop depression later in their life and they're like, well, I've been, I've never struggled with this. I've never suffered from this. It's might be a natural response to some hormone changes in their body or something. Does that make sense? So I'm sitting here thinking about like, oh, there's so many, I, I need to reach out in our area to, to people like you, because there's so many things that we might get stuck on that might have a very natural explanation. And, and maybe the solution isn't something that somebody wants like you were mm-hmm. talking about sleep like I think a lot of people when I have conversations around <laughs> sleep they're like but I can't but I have to watch tv to go to sleep or I have to work these hours or I have to check my email before I go to bed or whatever it is like whatever it is I think or I'm, I'm a college <laughs> student and we, this yeah. is just our lifestyle and I like any of that so they don't like the, the, okay, well, this might really help an impact because what I kind of hear you saying is there's a lot of like natural lifestyle changes and, and movements that can help repair some of the hormone imbalances mm-hmm. that we might Yeah, experience. I think those are where, it, it, those are great starts, right? And those are kind of like daily actionable yeah. things you can do. You don't need to go see a doctor for that. No one needs to like give you, you know, prescribe you something and there's no device needed. You know, those are kind of like daily actionable things you can do. We probably don't talk about it enough. You know, I know like for me as a physician, yeah. physician, even through training and through practice, we learn very little about nutrition. We learn very little about wellness. So it's not on our radar. You know, it's not on our radar, but the conversations yeah. probably aren't being had. I think now there's a lot more, you know, uh, attention on functional medicine. And I, I really believe, you know, like kind of incorporating the two. So it may seemingly be something easy, but then like, oh, well, or how are you sleeping? How are you eating? How are you, you know, all of these things. And now, well, you know, do you know, like long-term this can happen? And sometimes it's easier to just get a prescription and, and get out of there and take it. And, you know, it's so yeah. much easier. And I wish we could do that. But, you know, the, there is some hard work that has to be put into it. Like, okay, you yeah. can't sleep or, or you are having X issue and we can, you know, relate it to Y. What is it going to take to improve that? You know, like, is there absolutely no way? And then it's like, okay, well, can you, <laughs> is it okay to complain about it if you're not, you know, if you kind of know a solution, but you don't even want to approach do anything. that, you know, like, how can we just get you to approach it? How yeah. can we do it in a ba- in baby steps? How can we do it in the most minuscule way? Because they're very impactful, you know, little things. Yeah, I think that's where the therapy can come in to talk about, well, what makes it so hard for you to make these changes we know. But I think what I'm getting from you is there's conversations to be had about what are the implications of mental health when our hormones are unbalanced? Because I don't have adequate knowledge of that. So where I might think, I might not know that sleep is the issue. I might just be like, well, I mean, it'd be nice if you slept more, but like if you won't, whatever. But if I knew Mm -hmm. the implications of all these things on our mental health and how our hormones are impacted by aging Mm -hmm. or our lifestyle, I could better, I think, help clients Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think of time, you know, like any things that are really common. So like thyroid, you know, thyroid disease, PMDD, postpartum, you know, the whole postpartum phase. um, And then even perimenopause, menopause, they are associated with higher rates of new onset depression and anxiety. And so I think you, you hit upon a really great point is, 
there is this degree of fragmented care that we get and how can we make that more collaborative, integrative? I think this is, you know, like a great example of it. Like all these things are going off and my God, I need to talk to her later about how to counsel for better sleep. How can I, you know, what's the motivational interview therapy? And so there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration. It's just not naturally set up that way. It's not like you have one office and your, you know, your your mental health professionals there and your docs there and your fitness person oh, yeah. there, you know, but they all are really so needed. I think it unfortunately people have to piecemeal it on their own. And at this point, that's just kind of the reality of it. But I think on the flip side, yeah, saying again, my patients are like, oh my God, I did not know this was all connected. I think just really reinforcing that concept is, is you can make a lot of change without, you know, major interventions and, and, and try them first. And, and it may not be from the, the perfect yeah. the provider that you think, you know, but it is, it really does take a whole team to kind of optimize your yeah. healthcare sometimes and your, and your stresses and it, it may be more people involved, but it absolutely, it absolutely does happen on your health is on multiple levels and multiple practices, you know, integrated into one. You mentioned um, PMDD and I have so many clients who, while I've been working with them, mm-hmm. have been diagnosed with that. Not even by me. There's a couple that I was like, I think this might be it. I think we need to get a doctor involved too and look at other things. But if that was not recognized, then we would be very confused of like what's going on. And it can be managed by care from their doctors and medications and all of that. It, it's not something that I can just manage in a therapy session. But if I don't know that that's like a hormonal imbalance, something's happening, like, and I don't know the intricacies of it, but I think that's where I'm like, yeah, it is hard because we can't all, I can't call somebody's doctor every after every session. I don't have the time. They don't have the time. Like everybody sadly is like stretched thin in healthcare, no matter where you are. And I think it, it comes down to if I know more, if I, if I, as a therapist take time to learn more about those things, and then the, the doctors of the world can take time to learn about, okay, how might trauma or this or that affect that as well? Because I think that if I wasn't a therapist, I could get pretty, well, I could get more frustrated with people who won't just like do it, who either won't just going back to the exercise, who won't just stop, like just stop exercising that much. It's not that easy. Or who won't just start exercising that much or uh, who won't just change their work schedule or change their sleep schedule. I would get really frustrated if I didn't know the intricacies of their mental health and the things that have made those things so difficult for them. And so it's a collaborative part on all levels. I'm seeing this more as like a professional's issue than the, it becomes the patient's issue. But if we don't take the time to educate ourselves and care, then we're going to miss so much. That's exactly how we felt. And what we really offer with modern age is kind of a chance to kind of sew together the big picture. We're not trying to replace a primary care doctor or an OBGYN or an endocrinologist. Those are all very necessary providers. But we are setting up a system where there's a lot of chance for opportunity for discussion, maybe a little bit more kind of true preventive, preemptive type of action and education and Um, talking out a lot of things. Again, time with doctors right now is limited. I've always been in this, you know, system. And and I I think, you know, doctors would like to talk more. Patients would like to talk more. And so we're offering that opportunity. And it can be really powerful just because you are realizing, oh my gosh, I didn't connect these two things. Or, oh, now I'm really seeing the big picture. And that's really the role we want to serve is how do you kind of put all these things together? Maybe what are some questions to go back to your doc with? These are some very basics. And also even just in our own team at Modern Age, we we wanted to address, you know, be able to address some of the, uh, what we're starting out with is the four concepts of, you know, skin, hair, hormone, and bone health. And we'll keep adding different systems as we, uh, you know, build them out. But we really want to give, a comprehensive overview in in the professionals and the providers we have on the team, but also kind of the subject matter and the expertise we can offer because that kind of all connected and, you know, kind of like the flow right now is not very easy to access. And so, like you said, it's kind of how we're trained and put out into the world as, as, 
providers and clinicians and then you know patients are having to kind of piece things together so that's what we're hoping we can really provide some kind of a a, a big picture comprehensive approach I will say, if anything, not the details of what I've learned, the overarching thing that I'm taking from this is, one, as a professional, I have a little bit of work to do. And as a human being, I feel like I have work to do in the sense that it's only going to work against me to avoid what is inevitably going to happen with aging and how my body is going to respond to that. Yeah, I mean, there's so so many good things about each decade of life you know it's kind of like um like i, I have a three and four year old right now and so a lot of people in that phase are like oh my my babies are going away but then i actually also have two older stepdaughters my my husband's older girl so we have like such a spectrum so i have that view yeah. like wow there's really great things about every age for the kids and i think for me i took a step back and listening to modern age i was like oh it's like the same thing there's so many cool things to enjoy about, you know, all the different ages and different phases of life. I think it gets more challenging because what we see is obviously there's more health challenges as we get older. And again, trying to optimize, but also really being kind of more tapped into what uh, is actually causing chronic disease. How do we start really early on and kind of just like you know, just like putting good habits in any way that we would teach our, our kids or that we were taught where it's, it's good habits so that you can enjoy all these things for as, as long as you want in the way you want. And I think we all have these older figures in our lives or the community. And it's like, oh my gosh, that person is like 20 years younger than what they actually are. And how did they get there? Well, I think it a lot starts by you know, just not seeing or fighting against natural aging and how to really take it in in a way that is a positive thing. You know, like the, we were talking about like direct yeah. ways that certain hormonal effects can can affect mental health, but there's also like secondary ways. Like like now, oh my gosh, I'm 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 postpartum. Like I lost my the body that I know and I have no control over it. It's not mine anymore or perimenopause like oh gosh this is what they're talking about and 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 my libido is going and you know all these things and it's almost like secondary effect of that is disappointment and and you know putting yourself in this category of like oh I'm 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 no longer like you know attractive or youthful or my life (laughs) is over there's there's actually so much there and and a lot of it also is like these happen these things happen in isolation you know, people are really have a hard time talking about it, especially like intimacy. And when we see these surveys on like, who do you talk about your, your, your health issues with, and especially like emotional, mental health symptoms, same thing for intimacy and kind of things like that. Often like the bottom last option is talking to a doctor. And it's very hard to talk to yeah. either girlfriends or family where you could normally share other things. So it's very isolating. It's, it's, it's really lonely. I've heard that all the time. And yeah. so even just encouraging, like, guess what? You are far from the one going, only one going through this. Most likely you're going to, you know, reach out and find that this is something that is a shared experience. And that's really powerful, yeah. right? We know how community can help mental health. We actually see deep friendships and community actually be really great for long-term cognitive health. And so as we're thinking of brain health and things long-term, we see those deep connections also playing a very, very effective role in uh, healthy aging. So it's not, it doesn't all have to be like what supplement or vitamin you're taking, right? You're kind of creating these, these positive habits, positive changes, and, and a way to find, to find joy and a, fi- a way to keep it going in the way that you want to keep going. Yeah. Well, thank you for this. And this popped into my head as you kind of were saying all that is I had the same doctor from when I was like in second grade, she retired uh, in 2019. So it was very sad. But one, she was like life changing. I've talked to her about her on this podcast before. But what she said to me after I, I think I was in grad school at the time. And I was just struggling with some some stuff. And I went to her and we we talked a little bit. And she said, she (laughs) stayed in there longer than she should have. Um, But she said, like, I've, I almost uh, left my career as a doctor to go do some work in counseling because that's the mm-hmm. part of the job that I love so much is talking to patients and I don't get to do that. And then, so she left and I was like, went on strike. I was like, oh, I'm not finding another doctor, but yeah. you know, I, I had to. So I, I went to the doctor that c- took over her practice and 
the first time I met her, she stayed in the room with me for like mm-hmm. literally an hour. And she, I, she probably got in trouble for doing that, but it was so meaningful to me. And she said the same thing. And I think that's a bigger overarching issue. But I think what the reason that I say that is as patients, I think sometimes we can feel like, oh, we know they don't have a lot of time. They're busy. They don't want to talk about this. They just want to get us in and out. When I think, especially from what you're saying, it's like you love being able to sit and talk and educate people and help them understand. And you want people to be able to ask questions. And I think what I'm finding is more often than not, the doctors aren't trying to get you in and out. They might feel pressure to do that. But doctors, for the most part, care about you and and want you to be able to ask questions. And, and maybe there's not the time always, but... I think that you're never going to get that time if you don't at least ask for it. So I just say that because I think doctors can get a bad rap for um, not having enough time to speak to people. And I think that you guys wish that was different. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. That is just really such a timely (laughs) comment in in this day and age. I think that's a big frustration for physicians. We're kind of on this, you know, especially in like an insurance-based world, it's this, you know, very productivity based. And you hear this all the time. Oh my God, they only spent 15 minutes with me. There is a certain number of patients that have to be seen and how we contract with insurance and how we're reimbursed and keeping the lights on. And it's sad that there's a business side, but at the end of the day, these are people who've spent 20 years training and, you know, the majority of their day goes into taking care of others. So it really truly is there. The system can be challenging on both sides, you know, but know that there are definitely patient frustrations, but know that there's also physician frustrations in there. Uh, I would like to add, I've been using telemed in a great way that like, hey, let's talk, I see you in person, we're here for your annual, let's take care of what we need to do where it's hands-on. Why don't we, I know you're concerned about this other topic, why don't we schedule a telemed visit and that we can just chat. You know, we can just chat out things because why don't we use that in a way that we can continue our conversation and continue care. Um, That's been really successful for me. Again, modern age, we're a little, you know, we're kind of outside that that model. So we we really encourage a lot of discussion. I mean, like, you know, we have 45 hour long minute consults because it's that detailed, but also we want to build that. We want to provide a space where that conversation, that level of knowing what's going on now, what's happened in the past, what's going on now, what are we planning for next? We want those deep conversations to evolve in a system where we know there's just not an opportunity, even though it's intended on both sides, you know, but yeah, of course I have my bias, but you don't always hear that opinion. Like, guess what? I want to talk more than 15 minutes. I really do. Um, yeah. It's just a list of things I have, taking my notes, signing off my labs, returning messages, all those things are also have to be done. And it's, it's just, it's not, a, it's, it's like a kind of a lose-lose. So hopefully we're going to figure that out. But that was one thing that really drew me to modern age. They were really looking for the time to spend that maybe is not available in the, you know, traditional office setting. And, and how can we really get to know you? How can we really partner with you? And um, that was just so refreshing to me. It was, it was really, uh, and especially just after going through COVID and kind of reassessing, like, what are we doing as a health system? How we, how do we get better? Even for me on a daily basis now, I'm kind of like far enough into my career. I, I, I'm looking for where is innovation going to happen? Where is change going to happen? Whether it be like the kind of, health issues we want to address, being tech forward about it, being you know, really connecting. So so this was really refreshing for me. And, and I think hopefully a, a pattern to come, you know, we're kind of building out this concept of aging wellness. And, and you know, you're aging every, every single day, no matter how old you are. So we really want to play to a broad yeah. spectrum. And so, you know, hopefully this is an opportunity to, to change the kind of discussions we have and, and, and how long they go. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So thank you. And thanks for taking time to talk to me today. Because I know, like, of course, based on what we just said, everybody's busy. And this does make I appreciate it makes a difference. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for what you do. This is a a great I've I've listened to some of your episodes in preparation. They were really, really insightful and a great you know, I, I'm sure there's great conversation starters happening. And I know you've said people have even found you, you know, to your practice for therapy. So really, you know, like meaningful work you're doing. And, and so congratulations on that. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. 
Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.